0: the power goes out. And all of a sudden, every scary movie you've ever watched starts playing through your head. And every little sound is that axe murderer hiding under your bed that's going to grab your ankle as soon as you try to go to bed by yourself. What's that? Mama? <laughs> because we don't like the dark, do we? Hey. We don't like the dark. Now, there are certain times we like the dark, but for the most part, what we really like is when Mr. Billy puts it up there. It's light. That's what we like. That's what we like. Yeah, like. Ding! It's it's a there's a light bulb back there. Light. Light is something that every single one of us. Light is something that every single one of us wants at some point during our day. When you wake up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom, do you turn a light on? No? Have okay, some of you do. Some of you are so good that you can just walk through the house and never run into anything. If you can do that, I'm impressed. I, I give my wife a hard time. Miss Kathleen, she'll occasionally like move something in the house. And I'll go I, – I pride myself that I can walk through the house without turning lights on until she moves something. And then I usually end up hurting myself. My stepmother every year – and I know this. This makes me sound stupid. But every year my my stepmother has this this table, like a like couch table. goes behind a couch, and she puts it in the middle of her hallway up against the wall. And she covers it every Christmas with all these little Santa statues and pictures and everything. And it is there every single Christmas – It has been there every Christmas for years. And yet last year when I went home for Christmas, I went to walk down that hallway at midnight and thought, I don't need to turn any lights on. And I walked right into that table. And I knocked so much stuff off that table. And I got a big bruise on my hip. And none of that would have happened if I had just turned on a what? A light. Light, guys, whether we realize it or not. Whether we think about it or not, most of the time I don't think we do, light is a gift. Light is something that God has given us because light does so many different things for us, individually and as a human race. God gave us the light all the way back in Genesis when we read the account of creation. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. See, light is important because light changes everything. God was there. What he was going to create was about to happen. And the first thing God says is, let there be light. And as soon as he says that, it happens, and everything has changed. If you read the, the creation account, you see that everything else comes out after that. Light is something that is vitally important to every single one of us, and it's a gift from God. In fact, there are some things, that some characteristics of light that I think we can all agree on. You guys tell me if you agree with this, disagree with this. The first one is this. Light warns us of danger, right? I talked about that table walking through the hallway, You turn a light on so you can see what's going on. One time when I was in high school, when I was dating Miss Kathleen, I had picked her up from her house, and it was dark. And we're driving down 441. It's this four-lane divided highway. So two lanes going this way, two lanes going the other way. And as we are driving down the road, all of a sudden I see, come around the bend, I see this car. And it looks really weird. Because as I realize, when that car starts to get closer, that car should be in the other two lanes, right? It's not. That car is in the lane right next to the one I'm driving in, coming the wrong direction in traffic. Now luckily this this was nighttime and there weren't a lot of people on the road at that point. What? No, they didn't live in England. It was it actually turned out as I passed her as I passed her, it turned out to be this little old lady that apparently when she turned onto the road had gotten confused and turned into the wrong lane. And we literally did this, guys. We passed each other side by side. Now, the only reason I knew she was coming is because I could see her headlights. And the only reason she could see me and know not to get over into my lane is because she could see my headlights. You see, those lights warned us of danger. Those lights keep us safe. And that's one of the things that light does for us. It also does this. It exposes the darkness. That's a pretty easy one, right? You turn a light on, it's not dark anymore. All of a sudden, you can see where you're going. Most of you, I'm willing to bet, could be wrong, but when you get up in the middle of the night, when you're looking for something, when you can't find something because it's too dark, you pull out some kind of light. How many of you use your your phone for your flashlight? Yeah, pretty much every... How many of you actually own a like flashlight? You own a flashlight that you use? Okay, there's a couple of you. I'm curious, because we just had this conversation about reading a clock. And all of you have cell phones and digital clocks, so nobody wears watches anymore. So, anyway... There you go. Light also does this. Light illuminates our path. How many of you have been to Snowbird? You've been to Snowbird Camp. When you walk up to the prayer chapel, is it completely dark? No, it's not. They have the little lights. Why do they have the lights? Exactly. Y'all catch that? They have the little lights that Snowbird on the path so you can see where you're going. It illuminates your path. When you go walking around outside in the dark and you don't want to hurt yourself or trip on something, you use a light. You light up your path so that you know what you're going to be able to do. Light is very important to us. It also does this. It awakens us from sleep. Now, y'all probably don't like this one too much, do you? No. Especially especially on cold mornings like today or yesterday. How many of you, your parents still come in and just Flip on the top light in the room just to wake you up. That's mean, isn't it? Man. My dad used to do that to me. Oh, I hated that. I hated it. But but the light as it tells us in the creation account, the light God divided the light and the dark and he made it day and night. It's a good thing for us. It wakes us up because it lets us know it's daytime. It's time to get up. It's time to do something. It's not time to sleep till one o'clock in the afternoon. It's time to get up and get the day going. It wakes us up. It also does this. It produces life. Light produces life, right? Somebody tell me how it does that. What's that? Photo. I was hoping somebody would say that. Photosynthesis. He He even did all the syllables. Photosynthesis. Yes, it gives us life. Photosynthesis makes plants grow. Some animals eat plants. Some animals eat other animals. We, in turn, eat all of it. And we need that because the sun makes that life happen. These are very important things for us to remember about light, guys, because we don't think about it a lot of the times. We just walk into a room and flip a switch. Or we just get in our car and turn the knob, turn on the headlights. Or we just wake up and say, okay, sunny outside, i got to get up, man. Well, some of you all wake up in the dark. That stinks, doesn't it? But then you still have to turn the lights on. Light is a benefit for us, guys. It's a gift. It's a blessing. But I will tell you this. The light that we have that we so often don't think about, that's not the most important light that God has ever given us. In fact, it tells us that all the way back in John chapter 1. It says the most important light that God gives us is who? Jesus. Look at what it says in John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In other words, without Jesus, we don't exist. Nothing exists, because everything was made by him and through him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. You see, we have light and we use it every day. And it's a gift from God, but that is not the most important light that God has ever given us. The most important light that God has ever given us as as a gift is Jesus Christ. In fact, that's that's how Jesus describes himself later in this book in John chapter 8. He says, again, Jesus spoke to them. He's talking to the disciples here. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of eternal life. you got to love it when Scripture backs up Scripture. When Jesus calls himself the exact same thing that he's already been called in Scripture. And that happens over and over and over. That means that Jesus Christ illuminates Everything. All of those things we talked about earlier, that light does for us, that light gives us, that's about Jesus. If he's the light of the world, then those characteristics are true of him. Jesus will warn us of danger. If you have a relationship with Jesus, then you know there are certain things that pose a danger in your life. You know there's things that trip you up. And if you're following Christ, guess what? you got the, you got this little spidey sense going on Say I need to stay away from that. I need to get out of there. I need to not be a part of those things because those things are dangerous for me. Jesus does that. He exposes the darkness in this world and in our lives. If you're following Christ and you know what God's word says, then you know what sin looks like. You know what darkness looks like, and you can see it around you. Guys, I'm just going to throw this out there. Movies. I love movies. Movies. I'll be the first one to go see a new movie if it looks good. But you also have to be discerning about what you see. For instance, there's a movie coming out that I want to see. It's called Lone Survivor. Is that the name of it? Did you know that movie that's approximately two hours long has 150 F-bombs in it? 150. That's That's over one per minute in that movie. You say that's not bad, but here's the deal, guys. Hey. Hey. Just like we talk about, if you want to know Christ, and you want to know his will, and you want to follow him, you need to take in his word and put it into your life. When you put that into your life, that's what starts reflecting out. And I'm not, I'm not telling you, I'm, hey, that's your choice if you want to go see movies like that. I'm simply giving you an example. Christ exposes the darkness in the world, and in our lives. He makes it so we can see what's going on. He illuminates our path. What does this Bible say about this Bible? Exactly. Good man. Justin dropping the bombs back there. Right here. It's a lamp into our feet. It illuminates our path. This book shows us how to follow God. This book is not a list of rules of do's and don'ts. This is the guideline of how to honor God. That's what this book is about. It illuminates our path that we walk in life for our relationships, for the way we conduct ourselves, the way we talk, the way we interact with people. That's what this does. And, and what does scripture tell us this is? In the beginning was the... What's this book all about? It's about Jesus Jesus is the living word. Jesus is this in the flesh. It's all about Jesus. Illuminates our path. It also awakens us from our sleep. Now this may sound kind of weird, but to be honest, without Jesus, we're asleep. We are. We're fumbling around in the darkness because we've never seen the light. Because we don't know what the light does. When you're in your room and it's cold outside... And that light's off. And maybe you have light dimming curtains on your windows. You want it dark. You want to stay asleep. Oh yeah, they make those. And they're awesome. I know I have one. We only have it on one window. Stay out of there. Hey. But Jesus wakes us up. When you encounter Jesus Christ... When you encounter Jesus Christ, your eyes are opened, and you can see that there's light. You can see who he is. You can see what he will do in your life and what he will use you to do in the lives of other people. He wakes us up from the sleep that we are in, and what he does then is he produces life in us. That's what Jesus does, and it's life more than anything you or I could ever do on our own. Way more that's why it tells us in John 3.16, it tells us that Jesus came to give us life. What's John 3.16? Say it. Whoa, stop, 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 stop. Hold on. Hold on. Here's, here's what I just heard. Here's what I just heard. For God so loved the world and he gave his only son. On the count of three, y'all say this verse. One, two, three. Thank you. All right. That was just as bad, but with much more enthusiasm. I like it. Hey, right here, guys. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's what Jesus Christ came for. Whoever believes in him shall have life. Whoever believes in him shall have light. So the question is, what does that mean for us? Okay, I've heard this before. Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah, he is. What is the purpose of that? What does that mean? It means there's some things we need to understand about God. And what I'm getting ready to talk to you guys about tonight is probably not going to be new to most of you. It may not be new to any of you. But it's things that we have to remember. There's things that are vitally important that we understand about God and the relationship that we say we have with him. And the first thing that we need to understand about God is this, is that God has a purpose. And his purpose is that he loves everybody. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. That's everybody. Every single person. From the most generous, self-sacrificing, humble person you could ever think of to the most hardened criminal you could ever meet that would knife you just for looking at him cross-eyed. Jack Marsh. (laughs) And everybody in between. God sent Jesus Christ For every single person that would believe in him. Your race, your ethnicity, your attitude, (laughs) your accent. None of those things matter. The kind of car you drive, the clothes that you wear. None of those things matter to God. Because it says, for God so loved the world. Because that is his purpose. Unfortunately, we have... A problem that is contrary to his purpose. And our problem is the fact that sin separates us from God. Did you know that? Our sin separates us from God. Meaning, with, that, with our sin, if we are left the way we're born, if we are left the way we come into this world, we can never know God. We can't know his love, we can't know his mercy. We can't know his grace. We can't know the wonders of how he works in our life and how he works in the lives of other people. We can't know that because of the way we're born, because we are born with sin in our lives. It's called original sin. I don't know if you've heard of that before. It means Adam sinned, and because Adam and Eve sinned, every human being that has been born since that time is born a sinner. You don't have to teach people to sin, do you? I've got a little girl that's going to be three years old on Sunday. She will walk up to her brothers and she will smack them right in the face. We didn't teach her that. But she has learned, she has learned on her own, maybe it's an imaginary friend or something, that if she walks up and she smacks somebody, it's going to be fun because she'll laugh about it. Literally, guys, we were driving home for Christmas. She was sitting in the back seat, and she reached over. Nathan was sitting next to her, and she just went, what? Just smacked him in the head for no reason. No, well, this time he actually didn't do anything. Sometimes he does. But see, hey, you don't, you do not have to teach people to sin. Now, there are some sins that we do learn by watching people. There are some sins that we do learn by listening to people. But our nature is to sin. And that sin, that separation exists the moment we're born because that sin separates us from God. And there's nothing you or I can do about it. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Your parents, Pastor Ray, Mr. Billy, all the middle schoolers downstairs, your grandparents, everybody. sinners, yeah, I'm going there. It's your grandparents too. We all sin. And that sin separates us from God because God, Scripture tells us God is love. And Scripture tells us God is perfect. And if sin is imperfect and God is perfect, they can't go together. That's what we look like trying to get to God on our own. We're just beating our head against the wall because we can't get through that wall. Yeah, it starts to hut your knuckles after a while. It doesn't that's what we look like. Guys, our sin separates us from God. Listen to me. Your sin separates you from God. That's not something to take lightly. That means eternal time away from God. Forever. When you die, yeah, your body's dead. But your spirit lives on, eternally, separate from God. That's a scary place to be. But that's where we're born. My sin falls short of God's perfection. Your sin falls short of God's perfection. Our sin, His holiness, polar opposites. So we have a pretty major problem. Because that's a problem that you and I are incapable of fixing. There's nothing we can do to fix that problem. That's why God had to do something to fix that problem. That's why God sent Jesus. That's why God sent the light of the world. And that's God's provision. Number three, Jesus is the path to God. Jesus is how we get to God. Jesus is the only way we get to God. That's what John, that's what it tells us in John chapter 14. John chapter 14 verse 6 says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to God except through Jesus Christ. He is the only path. Jesus is not one God and an option of many gods that all lead the same way. I've heard it described this. We're all following the same God. We're just taking different paths up the same mountain to him. No, that's not what Scripture says. There is one God. There is only one way to him, and that is through Jesus Christ. It's not through a grab bag of self-help books that are going to make you feel better about yourself and your life and all the bad things that you do. No, it is through Jesus Christ. A lot of people don't like this statement, but Christianity is exclusive. It is. And I know that's not politically correct, but it's biblically correct. You can't get to God without Jesus Christ. You can't take some other path. You can't be Buddhist. You can't follow Taoism. You can't be, follow traditional Judaism. You can't follow Catholicism and all the teachings there. It is only through Jesus Christ. Now, can you be a Catholic and be saved by Jesus? Yeah, I've known a couple of them. Can you be Episcopal? Can you be Pentecostal and still be saved by Jesus Christ? Absolutely. That's a denominational difference. But the focus is Jesus. That is the only path to God. and that is why God sent him. That is why Jesus that is why Jesus lived a life without sin because he is hundred percent God. That is why Jesus Christ died. An incredibly excruciating death because he was also 100% man. His blood, his death, his resurrection, that is God's provision for us. That is how you and I can come out of the darkness and into the light. Because God sent Jesus Christ to pay for our sins. And that leaves one thing. That leaves God awaiting our response. You and I have a choice now. If we know who Jesus is, if we know what Jesus has done, and we know that that means we are sinners, and we can't fix that on our own, we have a choice. And that choice is life or death. We can continue to stumble around in the darkness and say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm not quite ready for this relationship. I'm not quite ready for everything that means for my life. Yeah, that boyfriend I have, that girlfriend I have, we are having way too much fun for me to mess with this God thing right now. Those things I like to listen to, those things I like to watch, God, I hey, you, you kind of get in the way of those things. I don't want to see Jesus between you and the movie screen. I don't want to hear Jesus between, between me and the speaker. I don't want that. And we do that. And a lot of people make that choice. To continue to walk around blind in the darkness, bumping into things, trying to get through life. Or you have the choice to recognize the light. See, Scripture tells us that it's the difference between life and death. It says it in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So my question to you tonight is which one do you choose? And you need to understand something. It is a one-time choice, but it's also not a one-time choice. See, if you're here tonight and you say, you know what, God has already forgiven me. I know Jesus died to pay the penalty for my sins. I know I deserve death, and Jesus took care of that, and I've asked his forgiveness. And I'm a Christian. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me, and I know I'm forgiven. You've made that one-time choice, and we all need to make that one-time choice. But then you also make a choice every single day. When you get up in the morning, do I follow him today? Even if you choose, okay, today God, I'm gonna do whatever I want, you still belong to God. Scripture tells us nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can rip us out of his hands once he's forgiven us. But you've got to decide if you're gonna follow him each and every single day. If you're gonna live out what you say you believe, if you're gonna if you're gonna say, Hey, you know what, this is my guideline. You've got to make the choice as to whether or not you're going to follow this or you're going to say, going my own way today. That's a daily choice. And most of you in here, I've talked to you before, and I've kind of heard your testimony. And you've said that you're saved. And if that's the case for every one of you, you don't know how excited that makes me. You have no idea. Because that's why I'm here. That's why I do it. That's my eyes are tearing up right now. That's why I do this. Because that there's no greater and greater decision in the world. There's not. But I encourage you guys. You've got to make the choice to follow him every single day. Don't step back into the darkness. Don't do it. Because it's not worth it. It may be fun for a little while. You may have a good time. But in the end... It's not worth it. God has given us light. He has given us life. He has given us Jesus Christ. And my challenge to you tonight is to choose him every single day. Not just that one time when you were six years old in Awana and you prayed that prayer. That's a great thing. But every single day to follow him with your life. To live out what you say you believe. To be a light in the dark world that you live in. Every single one of you, guess what? If you believe in Christ, if you follow him, you are a light. You represent Christ. You are the Christ that people see. How are you representing him? Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for who you are, God. I want to thank you for Jesus. I want to thank you for, God, not just his sacrifice. It sounds so trite to just say that, God. But, God, thank you for your son. Thank you for his blood. Thank you for his death. Thank you for his resurrection. God, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. God, and I pray that each person in here tonight, God, I pray that every single one of us will choose to follow you on a daily basis. And God, I just ask right now that you will help us to follow you. If you're here tonight and, and maybe there's something going on in your life right now, or just something you want somebody to pray about.